Welcome, everyone, to the second episode of the Really Big Fan Podcast, a podcast about things that we and people that we know are really big fans of. I'm your uh, host, Shizuk. I'm joined by my co-host, Acronym. What's up? And uh, we are here to talk about uh, the things that we're really big fans about this week. Um, as last week, you interviewed me about something I'm a really big fan about. This week, we're turning the tables, and I'll be interviewing you about something you are a really big fan about. Yes. And that is Tony Hawk. The Tony man, Hawk Pro Skater. The myth. The man. <laughs> the video game legend. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. So, um, oh, man. So, we'll start with the headlines in a minute, but... Um, Let's catch up. How's how's it going this morning for you? Everything's going good. I am caffeinated. I am medicated, and I am ready to rock. Excellent. <laughs> no caffeine here, but definitely medication and lots of bread. Oh, I meant this medication. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> not. I mean that medication too. <laughs> Happy serotonin pills. <laughs> right. I was gonna say I am. I am medicated for sure, but I'm not caffeinated. That is that is your uh, that is my territory your realm. That is the wild part. Just so everybody knows, anytime that Chuck had done overnight radio, he was not caffeinated doing that. Seven years. Seven years of non-caffeinated overnight. Seven radio. years of being awake until from around eleven o'clock in the at night until six or seven a.m. <sighs> and just eating sugar Ugh. all night long horrible so much sugar <laughs> so it's surprising that i'm not diabetic but i'm not so i got i skated out i got off i got off light all right let's hit them headlines starting with news that we actually forgot to cover last week uh the first week of our show happened exactly like three days after wrestlemania um it was wrestlemania was it 40 mm, i don't i th- they had thought it was 39 Maybe i think I'm you wrong. might be you might be right i'm gonna look it up real quick but i'm i it was uh it was a two-night wrestlemania it was um saturday and sunday night it was wrestlemania 39 39 yeah so there we go um and uh yeah so it it was uh First night was amazing. Second night was awful. Yeah, I, I was trying. I was kind of dancing around it, but nah, that's really. I'm, I'm all about being blunt here. <laughs> yeah, we we had a lot of fun. We really enjoyed the first night. We went and uh, hung out with the old uh, um, uh, Russell Palace crew. What is the One Fall Show crew? We had Shawnee and we had uh, Erica. We were over at Erica's house. Uh, her dad was there. Her dad is great. Uh, my buddy King Mob forty three thirteen who streams on uh, on Twitch. Uh, so he's been doing um. Uh, Vampire thingy? No, no, that's Celine. Yeah, Celine streams that. I'm trying to remember. It's uh, 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 I can't remember the name of the game. <laughs> but anyways, um, he 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 dropped by and uh, we had we had a fun time mm-hmm. on Saturday. The card was really good. The matches were really cool. Even matches that like I wasn't super invested in ended up being really cool. I thought Rhea Ripley and Charlotte sold like that was great. Was probably the best match all night. Mm-hmm. They to were me. great. But uh, I'm glad they ended the night with um, Sammy and Kevin taking the titles off the Usos because that was definitely the emotional yep. high point of uh, the weekend. And then uh, Sunday we just watched here at home by ourselves because I was prepping for a colonoscopy. Um, and even if I wouldn't have been prepping for a colonoscopy, Sunday sucked. <laughs> yeah, no, Sunday was awful. It was really not entertaining. And the thing that really dropped me was Sunday, and this was a lot of people's issues, is that you built up Cody Rhodes so hard 
just to take that from him. And I get yeah. like that they're looking at it from a perspective of like, oh, we have to build the story and adversity and this and that. But now it's like you built it up so hard and he lost. So now where do you go from here? Now what he's got to fight, you know, the Miz. Like what? <laughs> like it's it's just it seems like bad choice just to get Roman to that thousand days. And then some people were like, well, God, what if they tried to beat um uh, San Martino's record. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, please, God, no. <laughs> um, so we'll see what happens moving forward. And I'm not even a Cody Rhodes person. Like, no, I, I sit there and make fun of his theme every time I can. But, like, that buildup just seemed like such a waste. Yeah, like, that was where the story was supposed to end. Because if it doesn't end there, then where? And if it doesn't end with Jay, it was a waste. That I is agree. the only thing uh, they, you know, this kind of started with Roman Reigns kind of um, uh, gaslighting and berating his cousin yeah, for so long. Abusing poor Jey Uso. Yeah. And you could tell that, like, you know, Jimmy was trying to talk to Jay about it. And there was this whole big thing. And this has been going on for years now. Yeah, like two so years. So if this does not, if this does not turn into a long term storytelling situation, it was an absolute waste. And they fucked Cody Rhodes. No, no easy way to say it. It's not, it's not Montreal Screwjob level, but it's, it's. Well, he did it, get to, he did get a rubber chicken at the end of the night. Yeah, so. and he, he, you know, I'm glad he brought it up in his promo though. He's like, I'm laying there on the mat with a rubber chicken. Right. <laughs> if you have not seen those pictures, Cody Rhodes laying on a mat with a rubber somebody chicken. In the, yeah, somebody it, in the crowd threw a like a rubber chicken in the ring, and they got a good shot of him like laying next waking, to the rubber chicken, waking up from his loss with the rubber chicken next to him. <laughs> and honestly, like the, I was glad that there were people that picked it up from past WWE when they first started with Triple H and DX and the whole oh, rubber sure. chicken segment they're like long-term storytelling right rubber chicken right. <laughs> so yeah that was kind of yeah. where we landed i don't think either of us were really uh cody rhodes marks going into the match but they did a really they, like they did the job they usually do when they build somebody over the last like 12 months of like yeah this is the guy this is we're gonna make you believe this is the guy and they did they made me believe this is the guy and then they pulled the rug out from under me i was joking um after after Monday's Raw afterwards that it felt like uh felt like Saturday night was booked by Triple H and that Sunday night and Monday night were booked by uh Vince, Vince. McMahon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really what it looked like. And honestly, like that whole adage that you had where you feel like you've been abused over the years by WWE. Yeah. Like that was the moment that I truly felt that. Yeah. Was is watching that. I was like, I don't even like Cody Rhodes. You made me believe that Cody Rhodes was the guy. Right. And then you did that. Yep. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, wrestling was on like a really good upswing over so between like Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. Everything and, Triple H touched. And I, I always like to say that uh, even if you're not watching wrestling, watch any given year's WrestleMania and that will give you an indication of where like how good or bad things are, which is significantly more difficult now that WrestleMania is two nights. Right. Um, but I, I stand by that. I stand by there is definitely years where you can watch a WrestleMania and be like, oof. Stuff wasn't, stuff wasn't that interesting this year, was it? Mm -hmm. Kind of thing. Well, and then last year they had a lot to live up to, too. You had two nights of Stone Cold. You had, like, yeah. you know, and then there was this whole anticipation, will The Rock, won't The Rock, and right, that never happened. In Hollywood. And instead he sent his best friend Kevin 
Kevin Hart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> instead. Like we, can't, we can't get the rock, so we're going to get the little guy. That we're going to get Kevin Hart instead. He's significantly cheaper. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, honestly, it just it didn't play out the way that I wanted it to. And it kind of made me lose faith in the product again. And I was really yeah. interested in this Triple H version. Right. But the minute that Shane McMahon came out the second night. It, which you yeah, know, was, shout out to Snoop Dogg for saving the segment and the cameraman. Amazing! And the you you that shared is, with me there was a, a camera shot. Like I don't know if somebody in the crowd took it or what, but there was an angle where people could see the cameraman telling Snoop punch Miz, yeah, punch Miz, go and then punch Miz. And right. then, uh, Snoop did not pull that punch, and you could tell the Miz no, was not, not happy about it. He's not a worker. That's <laughs> not a working but, punch. But it was it was amusing, and he really did save the segment because then uh, from from that punch, uh, the ref was like people's elbow. Yep. And he gave the best and worst people's elbow that ever existed, which <laughs> it was better than his frog splash from AEW. That's all True I can enough. say. <laughs> True enough. I showed you that gif. It's real bad. Yep. <laughs> so WrestleMania was good and bad, I yes. guess. Like if you're going to give us a two night WrestleMania and one night's going to be like good and the other one's going to be bad, then I guess that's that's fine. I'm glad that the good one happened while than, we were with our friends. It's better than two nights of ugh. Yes. Because I think if 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 you'd have swapped them, if Sunday night would have happened first and Saturday night would have happened second, yeah, I don't know how many people watching at home show up for Sunday night after you end Saturday night like that, right? Yeah, unless they were looking to see like, is there anything that's going to be brought up? Yeah. You know, that's the only reason at that point. But I I am glad we were with like Erica and Eric and Shawnee and everybody. Yeah, when the good stuff was happening. Yeah, it was a good time. <laughs> hey, hey, we got a um hit a pause here. Here's a headline. It is Hall Gaming's birthday. Oh, so happy birthday. That's happy news. Birthday, Hall Gaming. That is news. <laughs> happy birthday to you. Our birthdays are uh, what, like five days apart? Yeah, yeah. mine was Friday. So hey, nice. Nice. <laughs> happy birthday to you, sir. And speaking of good things uh, or good times, we went last night and saw the Super Mario Brothers movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'm sure, yeah, like you can give your opinion, but uh, I, I think we both had a really great time. I know that I, I could, I was conscious of the fact that I'd been smiling pretty much the whole time mm-hmm. near the end of the movie, like while the credits were rolling. I was like, that was fun. That was good. Like it's not Shakespeare, and I didn't expect it to be Shakespeare. I expected an entertaining movie aimed at little kids because it's by illumination who do minions and stuff like that so and you know what it was exactly what i expected it was a good time yeah i really loved it um i went in there and i will totally stick my whole foot in my mouth and drag it through my butt but uh (laughs) chris pratt chris pratt did not do a bad job you know no and I i was really i i kind of didn't have that problem that I thought I was going to have where I could just hear him the whole time. He really did character acting, which is good. And I feel like everybody did because, like, I don't know Anya Taylor-Joy or anything like that. Um, I don't know, like, her other than when she played with Ileana. Yeah, in in New Mutants. Yeah, so I know nothing about her otherwise. She's had a big couple of years because she was in that Netflix show. She was in the menu. So like her her star is on the rise. And it's really cool that they tapped her for uh for this particular uh role. And I thought uh it's weird because I haven't seen her enough to be able to identify her by voice. But while I was listening to it, I was like, 
this is fine. She's doing fine. And that's how I felt about just about everybody. Like, yeah, everybody said, was doing great. You'd said it's hard for somebody like Jack Black or Charlie Day to not sound like Jack Black or Charlie Day. But at the same time, I was like, you're yeah, saying but about they Chris did, Pratt. The, like, though, um, Jack Luigi. Black sounded great. Like, he was Bowser. It was more so like Jack Black did sound like Bowser. Like, he sounded what I would expected Bowser to sound yeah. like. Until, so I couldn't really hear it until he started singing. Yeah. That's when he, he sounds. Singing, you know that's then Jack you're Black. like, no, this is Tenacious D. <laughs> essentially <laughs> yeah. and um and the yeah. the singing thing and that's not a spoiler that's been going around people have already posted it there is a music video version of it to be fair if it was tenacious d it would have been a lot dirtier oh yeah absolutely <laughs> um and then charlie day did a great job it's just tar- charlie day just sounds like charlie day yeah but it's not distracting it's just he he cannot not sound like charlie from always sunny because that's sure. just his delivery. It is chock full of Easter eggs. Um, there's stuff going on in the background. There are music cues oh, that you will so identify, great. and they're all fantastic. They're all really good, and they're not cheesy. They drop in at the right moment and in the right way. Like yep. some if, with something like this, you could go too hard, yeah, and it would be bad, right? But that was not the case with this. And of course, you're gonna get your Seth Rogen laugh out of Donkey Kong, and but even then, like, but even it then, makes he sense. was great. It, like, yeah, you, the way the, they did it was the great. Donkey Kong I'm watching would sound like that, absolutely. And I and I'm not mad about it. I think it's. <laughs> our, I know that you were uh, you you would leaned over and whispered in my ear briefly because of uh, Cranky Kong is in there. Yes, they retconned Cranky Kong's lineage. Cranky (laughs) Kong is supposed to be Donkey Kong's grandfather, and in this movie, he is his father. Yeah. And it's not important, but... It was very well, actually. No, I, <laughs> in my I think, case, I think it lends credence to the longtime internet rumor that Cranky Kong is actually the original Donkey Kong, <laughs> and Donkey Kong from Donkey Kong Country is actually Donkey Kong Junior. Yes. So that would that would explain that. That's just Nintendo confirming canon. Yes. As far as I'm concerned. All right, we'll roll with that. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's fun overall. There's some good needle drop situations, but it's not yeah, abrasive. Yeah. It's not like. I didn't feel I didn't feel like the needle jobs were abrasive like they were in Thor: Love and Thunder. Sure. Like, uh, what say whatever you want about Thor's movies in general, but like yeah. some of those needle drops are way too blatant in the last movie. Yeah, I understand. So I feel like this it, it was just great all the way through. So here's a funny thing: um, near the end of the movie, Mario wakes up in his bed and his alarm clock goes off and is playing uh, ELO's "Mr. Blue Sky," which is the song that starts Guardians Two. Huh. Um, on the way to work yesterday, I put in my like oldies playlist on Spotify. Yeah. And got to work as Mr. Blue Sky started. <laughs> so this is really weird night, in the movie. Yeah, when it happened last night, I'm like, wait a second. I was just listening to Mr. Blue Sky like 14 hours ago. <laughs> no, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I thought that was fantastic. And I pulled up an article from Kotaku, uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie. Just wrapped his first box office weekend and made a ton of money in the process. The five-day opening run was uh, $204 million in the U.S. and $377 million globally, which beats out Sonic the Hedgehog as uh, the highest-grossing video game movie debut. Um, however, it does not—let's um, see. Mario's $204 million opening was the highest ever for a five-day release, beating out Transformers Revenge of the Fallen, for example— um, but it does not beat out Avengers Endgame, which currently holds the record at $357 million. But still, that's... We all, even when we were complaining about Chris Pratt, 
and we were like, oh, this is going to suck. Like, we all knew we were going to see Super Mario, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, like, I was going to go either way. I was just like, ugh, Chris Pratt, why? But um, I'll point this out, too, is that um, we, or the um, the guy that voiced Super Mario yeah. was in the movie. Yeah, Charles Martinet is in the movie. He plays two different characters, and they're both uh, they're both important to Mario, yes. which is very cool. Like, yeah, I don't want to spoil a whole bunch of the Easter eggs, because it's really fun no, to, no. To, to experience them for yourself. But yeah, he, he is in there. Also- I figured that would just make the Chris Pratt thing better. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> it does. Um, I saw a video this morning of- uh, Keegan Michael Key hosting uh, Seth Rogen, Jack Black, uh, Chris Pratt, and um, Charlie Day playing Super Mario Kart. Oh, nice! Uh, that would be awesome to watch. Spoilers: Jack Black wins. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Black, and I'm sure he is not a gracious winner. Out of the four of them, he's the gamer. Yes, the yes. So, like everyone picks their characters from the movie. He picks Toadette. Yeah, because he knows. Toadette is smaller and faster than right. everybody else. And then he drags behind, uh, I think it's um, uh, Seth Rogen for most of the race, in like second or third, and then in the last lap blows by him. <laughs> which is something you've done. Yes, yes, that <laughs> is me. Mario Kart. I think that is the clip that I put up of us playing Mario Kart was me blowing by you after you got blue shell. It is, it is, absolutely. One more thing, and it's not a spoiler, I'm just giving you a important warning. Um, yes, stay to the end credits. Yeah, there's a couple of after credit scenes which lead to, you know, like maybe we'll get a sequel kind of thing. So you definitely want to see those. Plus the end credits are just entertaining. And the music is good. The medley of all the Mario stuff is good. You're the only person I know that enjoys watching full end credits. I'm like sitting there going, can we hurry up? Can we hurry up? And every time yeah. you're just like, hey, this is awesome. Well, And you're watching it and you're reading it. And I'm just like, this is so fascinating because I've never been that person. Ever since I was a little kid, I was a, like, I was always interested in the songs that were in the in a movie mm -hmm. and they always put the music licensing at the end of the end credits so yeah I, so even before they started putting scenes in end credits i've been conditioned to well i want to know what version of that song that is i want to know who did that version so i can go look it up somewhere gotcha. kind of thing. Yeah, so yeah. you know even that makes as, sense even as a little kid i'm watching back to the future and i want to know like <laughs> <laughs> What's on the sound? What was that one song that played when Marty was waking up and Doc calls him kind of like, oh, it's that band. All right. Neat kind of thing. So, yeah, it's that. That was the other thing I noticed yesterday, too, is the previews they played for everything because it's the it was the Super Mario movie. The previews were all PG. For the most part, yeah. Which was fascinating. And they played what they played, the Guardians preview, which the new Guardians preview looks so fun. Yes. It's such a like, here, come and have a good time. We're not going to like, whereas the Guardians preview we got oh before that was like, you are going to cry. You are going to cry through this whole thing <laughs> and Rocket may or may not die. And right. James Gunn is now like saying on Twitter, like, I didn't say he was dying. And, and then, just like, shut up, James Gunn. You already made us feel like we were going to cry through this entire movie. They played the trailer for the Ninja Turtles cartoon that's coming out later this year. The movie oh, that Seth Rogen's so doing. Cute. And it was cool to see it on a bigger screen because I can really see the animation pop better mm -hmm. than I can see it on my phone. But also the scene where Raph's like sigh bounces off the wall and goes in Donnie's leg. They didn't show the knife in Donnie's leg. Like they zoomed the scene in so yeah. you couldn't actually see. Do you just hear him screaming and everyone freaking <laughs> out? And I was like, huh. It's yeah. weird that they change it for a PG audience. Yeah. I mean, like, it, are they marketing that movie toward adults or towards kids? 
feel like oh well we'll get into that in a minute but i feel like it's more like it's for me it's for nostalgia people yeah but i'm sure they're also trying to make sure that like kids are going to be interested in ninja turtles it's nickelodeon they want their their demographic is kids definitely uh they also played the barbie trailer which is (laughs) i'm gonna beat you off i'm gonna beat you off right (laughs) um there yeah there's a there's a beach off joke uh at the end of the trailer, which may, leads me to believe that movie is a hundred percent for us. Oh yeah, that's no, that's absolutely it's going to have for all this humor that the kids are not going to actually understand why the adults are laughing. No, I, I don't think it's supposed to be for kids. Like, yeah. I think it's supposed to be like an adult-based movie, right? Or it's going to be an adult-based movie in the in the tone of Shrek. Yeah. <laughs> Where, like, everything has to go over your head. Yes. Or else you're going to have a lot of And we get to see the, the Enter the Spider-Verse trailer in, on the big screen, too. and that's Which was awesome. It was absolutely awesome. Can't Did wait. you see that spot that I was talking about in there where Miles' mom snaps at him after? Yeah. So when she Puerto snaps Rican at him, flag. it's the Puerto Rican flag. And it's just a really minute detail, but it's really awesome. It's really cool. There's also, um, this was in the news, is that um, in Gwen's bedroom, yeah. there is a protect trans kids flag which is awesome and yeah, for, it, sure. for them to put that in the trailer is great so that that kind of puts that stance out there and nobody can mess with that hell yeah hell yeah all right let's take a short break and get into our big interview segment we're going to be talking tony hawk pro skater with the tony hawk pro skater uh um master of this house <laughs> acronym when the really big fan pod returns podcast you can follow us on social media we're on twitter we're on facebook we're on instagram we're on tiktok what am i missing i think that was all of them are we on linkedin no okay fine Why uh, we're on we? all we're on all of those at really big fan pod that's where you can find us on youtube as well if you want to check out the video version of the podcast i'm your host chizuk i'm joined by my co-host uh, acronym hello and uh, as we stated last week once we get this rolling and we get some guests we're going to be interviewing people about what they're really big fans about the whole premise of the show is uh what what makes a person a really big fan of what they really enjoy but for this week I'm going to turn the tables. Last week, you interviewed me about Transformers. So this week, I want to talk to you about a video game that is near and dear to your heart, and that is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Absolutely. So what is your earliest memory of playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater? Like, Do you remember the first time you played it? I mean, maybe not the first, identi- like the very first time I played it, but I recall there was this place that you could go after school. Um, when I was in middle school, they had like four different areas you could go to and you would bus to whichever location. You could okay. go to an ice arena, you could go to a pool. There was like a couple different ones, but the closest one and the one that we could walk to from our school if we didn't want to take the bus was the ice arena. Upstairs, they had this place called Club Second Floor, and they had um, TVs on carts that they would roll out with gaming systems, and we had a pool table, there were snacks, um, we could play music, there was a bunch of different stuff that you could do, and then at like 3 o'clock, we'd go ice skating. So I would go up there after we ice skated and play Tony Hawk, Sure. and they had the PS1. And they had Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 was the one that I played the most. Okay. And I really didn't play the first one until I got the remaster. Really? And like when we were playing this, like I'd played it a couple times, but like Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 was always my jam. So that's why I'm a lot better at that one than I am the first one. So, like, I never, anytime that I played the first one, I was only playing against people. Right. 
So it was more just like playing graffiti. Like, you know, yeah. you don't get to play the full levels or whatever. And a lot of the time when I played at the center, it was against other people in general, too. I would. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, I would think there was a lot of the time set up in like a public mm-hmm. atmosphere Then obviously they want you to yeah. play two player, four player. And you games. had to do also like a sign in sheet. So you would like write down at a specific time. So you only got a certain amount of time to play. Oh, that's cool. So like people would get kicked off and then you'd yeah. go and do the next one. And you sure. sign up again. And so like I was always signing up for that game and for, for Super Smash Brothers. Those, okay. were, those were like my two. They didn't really have I don't think they had Mario Kart. So yeah. we would play Super Smash Brothers a lot. Nice. Um, so I got really good at the second one. And then as I got older, I had a copy of the second one for my PS2, I think, maybe. I don't know, I don't if, know they... if they had that on PS2. I had a PS1 well, the PS, as well. The PS2 was backwards compatible. So you could have just that been, been, been it. the PlayStation 1 version on the PlayStation Yeah, that might have been it. So I had that system when I got, like, I... I think I might have moved out by the time I had that system. So I was already in my 20s. And yeah. I had like, uh, had Dance Dance Revolution and that and a couple yeah. other things. And I'd play Tony Hawk. Well, when they decided they were going to announce the remaster, well, I actually backtrack to that. We got those, um, that emulator thing yeah. in the bedroom. I got that little tiny PlayStation and then figured out how to put more games on a card to put it on. So, of course. Yeah. So we put those Hawk on there and I grass your ass every time we play. <laughs> I squeak a victory out here and there, but most of the time, most I'm the getting time. destroyed. And uh, that that was more so when I started getting access to the first one. Yeah, because I really, like I said, I didn't really play it before. That is that is wild to think that you started with the second game because, like, that was the same thing with Banjo Tooie. The first one was <laughs> such a cultural phenomenon. Yeah, like we didn't we'd had skateboarding games before, but we'd never had. A skateboarding game licensed by a major skateboarder, with right? Like, and like the music had never played that huge of a, a a part of making the game so like I don't I think the music aspect of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater actually lent itself to maybe we can make Guitar Hero. Yeah, more than likely. And honestly, like the music is a big part of why I even chose this piece because I was sitting there going like, how am I, how am I going to bring music into this podcast? You know, that was like a big thing for me. And I actually passed on like four different interview ideas. Yeah. Picking this one for the music aspect. And a lot of it was because, you know, I was exposed to so much music through that that I never would... When am I going to get exposed to dead Kennedys? And or stuff? Primus. Like, or, yeah, Primus. Like, stuff like that. And, like, for the longest time, I didn't know that Anthrax was, like, a metal band because of the Bring the Noise cover that sure. they did. And when I saw them at Riot Fest in 2021, I was extremely confused. <laughs> and Jacob's like, no, they're a metal band. And I'm like, but... Tony Hawk Pro Skater. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm Googling it and I'm like, I feel like an idiot right now. But that was literally the only Anthrax song I have ever heard in my life. Yeah. So, but there was, there was that. And when they did the remaster one and two, they added more music yes. to it. And I'm like, I'm in my 30s at this point. They're adding more music to this. And I'm like becoming obsessed with the artists that they added. Yeah. And now they have the, the OG playlists in there. Don't get me wrong, but like then they added extra stuff. And there was a one that I even, uh, it was a rapper named Token. There's a song called Flamingo that plays in there. I went and photographed Token at St. Andrews just because of that because song. Of I was like, I am going and I am hearing Flamingo. I am going to photograph this kid. He's like, he's a kid. Like he's a teenager, right. like maybe early 20s now. 
that's the other thing that fascinates me about you starting with Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 is that I remember a dozen songs from Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. I can't remember song like which songs came from the second game that were that were standouts. You know, I need to look because it has all the standout tracks. It's got Primus. It's got Rage Against the Machine. It's got Mm -hmm. the Dead Kennedys. It's got uh, a new girl. What is it? Suicide Machines. Like all of that was game one. So I'm like, man, what? Well, you know, the... then maybe I did play game one because I remember those songs, though. Right. Well, I'm sure you did, but it's a matter of like, what were the big tunes out of okay, number so, two? So out of number two was um, when worlds collide, Py- Power Man 5000, Fair. which you know I'm obsessed that with. That explains why you are obsessed with that song. My exposure to Rage Against the Machine is Gorilla Radio from that game. Oh, so I, maybe maybe I'm misremembering. Maybe Rage wasn't in the first game. Uh, Evil Eye, Fu Manchu, Subculture Styles of Beyond, You from Bad Religion, The Bring the Noise with Anthrax and Public Enemy. Interesting. B-Boy Document 99 from Most Def, The High and Mighty and the Skills, uh, Five Lessons Learned from Swinging Utters, Out with the Old, Black Planet, Black Planet and Alley Life, Pin the Tail on the Donkey, Naughty by Nature, May 16th, Lagwagon, Blood Brothers, Papa Roach, Cyclone, Dub Pistols, Heavy Metal Winner, Consumed, and No Cigar by Mill and Colin. Yeah, see, like half of that playlist, I, you're you're just saying words. Like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't remember that song at all. I'm sure like if you heard it, you would know what some of these are. So what was it about, you know, like you had played other video games, but what was it about Tony Hawk's Pro Skater that made you go like, this is my game? Like, I... What, what what is it that put it above all other games for you i mean i was really good at it that's all it took <laughs> i mean like, that was part a, of it you no. had a natural affinity for it and you're I like liked, well this is my game now i liked the music and in middle school i really wanted to be a skater yeah like i i was a poser i was such a poser <laughs> like i've got a skateboard deck on this wall i am not good at skateboarding did you like, ever try riding a skateboard oh god yeah i had a skateboard i was just bad at it yeah i'm not a um a good physical sport person <laughs> okay so for me it was like i could ollie that was pretty much it i couldn't do anything beyond that you got above me because yeah. when i went through my skateboarding phase growing up i couldn't even figure out how to get the thing like i could jump and get it off the ground i could not land yep yep and like i i was eventually it turned into a thing where like skater die was on the nintendo entertainment system and i'm like <laughs> i'll just do this yeah yeah no it was um there was one summer going into i think eighth grade where i skateboarded every day um af- like in the afternoons and yeah. stuff and i would literally like i'd get up and i'd go skate to my friend's house i'd stop at the liquor store on the way and get a john soda over there and like literally wouldn't eat all day and I Oof. lost like 30 pounds that summer because that's all I would do is yeah. I was out skating with my friends and we weren't good. We were just using it for modes of transportation. So you must have hurt yourself on the skateboard. Not really. No. Like, I mean, I fell. Wow. I fell. Like, right. don't get me wrong, but like I never broke anything. You never like, fractured, like sprained an ankle or. No. And that's the funny part is that. Um, and up I, like I, an arm. So I saw this on Instagram like last week where. Um, they were posting all of the Got Milk ads yeah. for the past, like, you know, in the 90s. In the 90s, your parents pumped you full of milk. It was like, oh, you're yeah. going to eat spaghetti, you drink milk. Yep. You're going to eat this, you drink milk. My bones were so strong that when I did actually hurt myself, like, years later, my bones wouldn't break. Oh. And they were like... Yeah, um, you probably would have been better breaking it than tearing ligaments. And right. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Like, this is all from all that milk in the 90s. Yeah. So when I would fall, I wouldn't really do anything. I'd twist an ankle, I'd be sore for a couple of days, whatever. 
I would more so fall like on my elbows and yeah. stab them that up was, and whatever. That's always been my my uh, fear after mm-hmm. not drinking milk for like 30 years is that like... <laughs> Your bones are my bones. Yeah, my bones are like bird bones. They're probably just like fine well, china. Well, that's why I'm afraid now of those... Um, you used one of those electric scooters downtown. Yeah. And like that terrifies the hell out of me. And it's Which because I have fell... Like, I know what it's like to, you know, fall off a skateboard or whatever, or fall off a bike or fall just walking because I'm a klutz. (laughs) And so when I look at those scooters, they scare the crap out of me because I know, like, if you hit an uneven piece of pavement, like, you're done for. So that's kind of been the whole thing. I I want to, like, I had thought about putting wheels and trucks on that and trying to skate again, but... I'll probably just waste myself and we don't need medical bills. <laughs> so what came first, your your love of skateboards or Tony Hawk? Like did Tony Hawk lead you to I want to ride a skateboard or did you ride yeah. a skateboard and then be like, oh, it's a video game about riding a skateboard. I should, you know, I want to try. I'm it was that. definitely the video at the time frame. Sure. A lot of the the people that I was around that I went to school with, like all the guys were skaters. Yeah. All the guys we had crushes on were skaters. Right. We, we were dressing yep. and all that stuff. I had like, my grandpa kept buying me skate shoes because he was like, you need good shoes and, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. So I was always kind of part of that. Sun was like a really big thing for right. us when we were teenagers. And so a lot of it was, you know, the culture, the clothing and everything else. But we wouldn't have known about any of that had it not been Tony Hawk because there were no it's not like there's skate parks out here. Sure. You know, there was well, back I, in I the mean, day. Yeah, I know there's one in like Madison Heights. Yeah. A, a big deal, all but. of those were not around at the time. Even like the ones that are downtown now, there's like one on the Riverwalk that's amazing. Yeah. Like it's super cool. Um, There's one that's like off the side of the Davison Freeway that's completely graffitied up and it looks like, yeah. you know, it looks like a Tony Hawk thing. I just bumped my mic. <laughs> <laughs> um, it looks like a Tony Hawk thing. And so, like, but all of that really wasn't accessible to us, especially, like, most of our parents were not going to take us to Detroit to go skateboarding and the Riverside sure. one just opened, like, a couple of years ago. The closest thing we had was, at some point, I think it was in high school, they opened a skate park. They opened like a van skate park in Fountain Walk in Novi. And um, we used to go and hang out there, but never skated inside it was to go to hang out with the guys who were going to skateboard. Right. So they say I was a poser. But like all of that all comes from Tony Hawk Pro Skater. I I really believe that overall. I don't think anybody would have been interested in it had we not. Well, and and the specific music that the culture uh, picks, you know, especially when it comes to the Tony Hawk Pro Skater games, um, it's it's varied, but it's also kind of focused. Mm -hmm. Like you do get you get your ska and you get your punk music, which is a big part of it. But then you also like you looking at the playlist for the second one, you get quite a bit of rap and hip hop in there as well, which is really cool. Yeah, there was a lot of hip hop that like I I didn't have. I mean, we had. Channel 95.5 and 93.1 DRQ. And those were exposing us to mainstream hip-hop, but it wasn't the same. Like, it wasn't ludicrous that we were hearing here. We were hearing more of, like, classic hip-hop and what it sounded like. And it was always nice that, like, Tony curating these playlists, because he Mm -hmm. curates these a lot of the time. I'm sure there's probably some add-ons now. I don't think that he picked to put Machine Gun Kelly on his soundtrack (laughs) this time around. Oh, maybe he did. Maybe he did. Uh, If he was going to pick something else, I wouldn't have picked Bloody Valentine, though. That's... 
the way he curates it, I think the way he curates but, it though is that like even in the in the old days they would like give him a list of songs that they could get the that rights they could to, get the license and he'd be like that one that one that one that one that one yeah because it surprises me there was never been a um a Blink One Eighty Two song at least not in the ones that I know I remember us talking about that we were talking about that before one came out like Offspring stuff like that like I don't know if those popped up probably a little bit later like when they got into the teenage wasteland or whatever it was called Tony Hawk secretly has a feud with Dexter Holland refuses to put an Offspring song in the game maybe you know that guy's hot sauce was bunk I ain't putting his, I ain't putting no Offspring in my I'm game not putting no guy with a PhD in my game they put their song in Crazy Taxi before they I got to put a song in I'm not, I'm not doing it yeah no but like I know that there are I, I'm not as familiar with the games that come after that's what I was going to ask. Like, where did they kind of lose you? Yeah, it, it was. It wasn't necessarily like I wasn't interested in it. It. I grew up in a poor household, so I only had. So you just had a like the first two. And then, I didn't even have a PlayStation until I got older. Yeah. So my exposure to it was being at friends' houses or being at second floor. I never had a PlayStation in that house, and so for me, like. I had all Nintendo stuff. Yeah. So I grew up with like the Super Nintendo. I think I had access to a Nintendo. I don't, I think we rented it though. Like the original NES? Yeah. They yeah. had, um when you would go to Blockbuster and then they had like family video later on, you could rent an entire system. Yeah. So it always came I would in the big suitcase. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I'd sometimes rent the older systems and play with those. Um, but I had a Super Nintendo, which is where my Donkey Kong obsession comes from. Yes. And then um, had the Super, or the N64. So I think Donkey Kong Country is the only franchise you played the first one first. Yes. Yes. <laughs> because Banjo-Tooie is, is the second one. Yeah. And so when I play, I have the Banjo-Kazooie on the Switch. I have no clue what I'm doing. <laughs> Um, so for me, once they started, they were like, oh yeah, well, we're, there was rumblings about a remaster. I got real geeked about it. And like, I don't get geeked like that about games. You know No, me. yeah. Like it's, it's really, uh, it's, it's an event when you're like, Ooh, Into a that real looks game. really good. Or like Pokemon Let's Go Eevee where you didn't have access to the Switch for like two weeks because I was just like yep. immersed. Yep. Like, nope, I'm hyper-focusing on this. Don't talk to me. I'm playing Pokemon. And that is, uh, you know, one of those things where I, when I saw that they were going to do tony hawk pro skater and they were going to do one and two remaster I yeah was like, put them together I need, this, I need this i need this thing and so when it came out like immediately when it came i think we even pre-ordered i it. pre-ordered you the pre-ordered digital the digital version, version for me which is a sin to him because he always wants a physical I like, copy i like having physical copies of stuff so i i was like i need it i need it and i need it right now and he's like okay pre-saved it i, I played it on the ps4 so and have it the second it had the second i could do it I was having a blast with it and everything else and then he gets me a switch and i decide like i need to have it for the switch and on nerd radio we actually had a fake yelling match about why do you need two copies of this right. and i was like but if i have it on my switch then i can play it in my office i can play it when i'm on the road <laughs> i can play it like i i need it i need it and the only reason he was telling me no was because he'd already bought it for me and yes. was waiting to give I it to me doing, for christmas i was doing the parental thing where like <laughs> i'm trying to divert your attention away from a thing that i've already gotten you so that you will not go and, and get get it before I give you the copy. And so he got me a physical copy for the Switch. So I, I've been playing it for the past couple of weeks on my Switch again. Uh, but why have, you, why have you been playing it for the past couple of weeks? Because I knew I was going to stream it and I needed to remind myself like... 
the, the move set to, and I wanted to right. look good. You wanted, like, to, you I wanted to be good. good at it. You wanted to be good you at know, it. You know, it's it's one of those things too where like when I've streamed um Banjo Tooie. Yeah. I play it a couple days first before yeah. to get like the bearings again, make sure I know what moves they are. Right. Because I don't want everybody to sit there and watch me trying to figure it out again. Like that's boring. Like you want to show the action, right? Right. So like for me, I'm like, okay, well I'm gonna I'm gonna re up my my knowledge base on this, and then what I want to do is I'm eventually gonna try to stream it with like maybe the next week or something. But I want to speed run through them. So I you keep saying like, that you keep using the term speedrun. I don't think you. I, I, I may not be using it the right way. Right, because speedrun usually means that I'm going to finish the game as fast as possible. Yeah, no, my my interpretation of speedrunning is I'm going to play this game as like throughout this throughout the segment that I'm playing it. Yeah, I'm going to play it from start to where I can stop it, kind of like what we were doing with Donkey Kong, but I'm not passing the controller. I'm just sure. playing it and going like okay, let's see how fast I can get through all these levels while I'm on camera. Interesting. So, like, I've done that before with Donkey Kong where I started from the beginning. Sure. On a, a, like When I was trying to stream on my own account where I would start at the beginning and see how far I could get within that, like, two-hour stream. Yeah. And then, like, then not play it again and then start at that point the next stream and see how far I get. So, like, yeah, it's not technically a speed run, but, like, in my head, that's the speed run. So right. that's kind of what I mean by that. So look forward on this channel, the Really Big Fan Pod, <laughs> to when you finally start playing Tony Hawk. Because yeah. with all the licensed music, you're probably going to have to watch it live or it's going to get all blanked out. Yeah, yeah, true. I mean, I don't... Does that happen when they license it in a game still? Because oh, I, yeah. I figured it, it was only getting blanked out for our rock band stuff when... No, the Guardians of the Galaxy game that's got uh -huh. all the licensed music in it yeah. has an option to turn all the licensed music off. It's called the uh, streaming, yeah, yeah. streaming mode. Streaming mode, yeah. So that you don't get flagged. I think that people when they do the um the how to's on youtube a lot of them do that too yeah they sure. shut it off so that their video doesn't the get flagged yep. but also so they can monetize it yep because the monetization will obviously screw with you which right. is probably why they're blanking it out in here too is because you're a twitch affiliate yeah exactly. and it's also metallica <laughs> dmca but All right. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about Tony Hawk more. Oh, the, yeah. Absolutely. And like I said, I'm sure you guys will get to watch Acronym play some Tony Hawk very soon on this channel. We're going to take a short break here in our second episode. When we come back, we've got our uh, serotonin hit. Is that the right? Serotonin boost. Our serotonin boost for the week as we end this week's really big fan pod next. Welcome back to the Really Big Fan Pod. It is our second episode. I'm sitting here with Acronym. I am your host, Chizuk, and uh, we're having a good time. We just got done talking about some Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. I prepared a quiz for you last week about Transformers. I don't believe you prepared a quiz for me. So I mean, I could give you a quiz real you quick quiz if you wanted to. Let's find out. What have I learned? What have I learned about Tony Hawk's Pro Skater? What is one of the songs that I mentioned that you don't know from the first one that you recognized from the second one? When I read you the list. Wait a minute. So what is what is one of the songs that was on the second game? Yes. Um, uh, Dub Pistol Cyclone. Okay. There I know because I, I, I remember having the CD for that and then playing the second one and being like, oh, Cyclone. Cool. I love this song. In your limited play experience, who did you choose when you played? Ooh. Uh, I think. Who is? Oh, man. There was like one girl. Elisa Steamer. Yep, Elisa yep. Steamer. That was my that was my girl. I, I was like, oh, good, because you know me. 
Yeah. If I get to pick a girl in a video game, that's what I'm going. To, I'm going to pick. I go back and forth. Um, I I would either pick Elisa Steamer or Kareem Campbell. Okay, why Kareem? I thought that his skate style was cooler. That's cool. Like his spin style was uh-huh. more interesting. Right. With Elisa, it was just pick a girl. But yeah. with- characters characters in Tony Hawk are like characters in Mario Kart to me. I know there's a statistical bonus and subtraction for every character, but I don't know what I, what it is. I just felt like after I played, because like I, w- I tried playing Bucky Lasik a couple times. Yeah. I, I think that's how you pronounce his name. I think I probably picked um, Tony a lot. And, and just, I would play Tony. Guy. And like out of those guys, I think there was one more that sometimes I would grab and I don't remember who it was. But um, yeah, for, for Kareem, I felt like his spin style was different. I don't know if that's entirely accurate, but like off the top hope, of my head, I feel I would hope like that they did that. that yeah, they like it was each like had their own move set. Jump switch spins, like just had a little bit more flair to it. So, and like I just felt like he was a cool, interesting character overall, like sure. street style. Um, I'm trying to think. Maybe is there one more question that's in my head? Yeah, it's got to be three. It's got to be three. Have questions. you have you ever played it on the Switch? Did I ever have you played on the Switch? I think we played on the Switch once. I think we played like some graffiti or stuff on the Switch. Do you re- I was going to say like the third question could be like what was the handling like? Do you like the PlayStation handling mm. better? Or like we I played enjoyed- it on that thing too in the the bedroom, the, yeah, the small I, mini. I think the controls are better on the newer versions than they are on the original versions. Um I think the Switch version is fine as long as I'm playing with a con- like I like the controller. And that's yeah, because you like my, having the actual controller. That's because my Joy Cons are all goofy. Yeah, it's interesting to play it on the Switch, like having it in the hands like yeah. this. I had to kind of relearn how to do it, right? Because there is actually, if you go into the back of the game and you like dick around with the settings, you can actually set it to classic one or two yeah. controls. And so I set all my controls to two controls. That way, I it was what I remembered muscle memory because I think if you remember when I played it the first time out there I, and I played it on the PlayStation, yeah. I was like, "Why is this so weird?" Yeah. And I was doing really bad. Right, and it's because I only play by muscle memory, yeah. <laughs> so I needed to switch the controls. And when I found out you could do that, I, I had that. for a brief amount of time, I had whatever Tony Hawk it was that was on the PSP, the original mm-hmm. PSP. And I nearly threw my PSP. I was uh, like, it's it, a Tony Hawk game on a portable system seems like Not a recipe true. for disaster to me because they can be so bad. difficult. And plus, you're doing this with the controls and moving them back and forth. And like, uh, you, and now you're moving the screen as well. So I can't see what I'm doing. Like, it honestly, seems like a recipe for disaster. I don't have as much of a problem, but you hear how much I swear when I'm playing it. I do. I heard you in here the other the other night when I was, I think I was playing Zelda, and you were in here on the couch playing Tony Hawk, and I heard you, like... Just me going, oh my fucking God. Yeah, and I like, was like, like oh! At first I was like, what is she doing in yeah. there? I was like, oh wait, she's playing Tony Hawk. Yep, no, I curl up in that corner against, uh, I take the Grogu that's behind me, I put it over in that corner, and I just sit there with my legs up, and then I have Daredevil on the... On the, de- yeah, on your, your uh, TV. <laughs> Which leads us right to the serotonin boost. <laughs> All right, well, go ahead. I'll let you start this week. What's giving you a serotonin so boost this week? So I, I am a repeat watcher i'm an obsessive repeat watcher and you've learned this because i won't watch something new i'll watch something old over and over again while i'm doing other things and it's mostly i do that because like a it's familiar and i know how it ends so i don't have to pay attention but b like it's it kind of 
it's interesting and it feeds that ADHD thing in my brain where it's like I need to do multiple things at once. So if I'm doing something like say I'm working on my website or I'm editing or something like that, I usually have my iPad next to me running something on either Disney Plus or Netflix or anything like that. So I have been obsessively watching Daredevil over and over again and the Defender series. So I, I always go one and two defenders and then uh, season three because that's how they work chronologically right and so i've been having a lot of fun with that because i'm really excited for when they do the disney plus version despite the changes that they've been making so far so far we know that um the characters that played foggy nelson and karen page will not be returning Mm. at least it has not been announced as of yet um there's going to be other characters that change the person that played vanessa is going to change Okay. Which is uh, Wilson Fisk's wife. Right. Um, They are recasting her, which I found weird, but okay. I love Vincent D'Onofrio. I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name, but he is an amazing villain, even if he has to wear a Hawaiian shirt. So I'm stoked to see that and Charlie Cox getting back into the mix. And I hope it is as dark. I don't need the gore. Like, I can live without the gore. And they said they're going to go lighter on the gore. But... Until then, I'm just like obsessively rewatching it, and I would really love to see another Defender series. There has been some rumblings of that. There was a picture of Mike Coulter and Kristen Ritter that hit uh, social media, and so I don't know if they're maybe discussing if they're going to do this again. Right. But it really only works if you get everybody back. Like yeah. you would have to bring back Iron Fist, and they said that that actor was a little difficult. So we'll see. But until then, I'm I'm really stoked to at least have Charlie Cox back as Daredevil. And you're just enjoying watching the uh, the original series, which was very yeah. good. Yeah, I love the in and outs of it, and I love the like how dark it is. And I have the stack of comics sitting next to the bed. I have not gone into them yet. You know, but a I've got comic reader. That's uh, no, fine. I'm not. You don't it, have to. Be. You know, and it, it's interesting because when I initially was like thinking about talking about this as like the interview piece, my headspace with it is that I feel like me watching Daredevil so much kind of displaced some of my Batman feelings. Yeah, because Daredevil is very much like Marvel's Batman. People will argue that it's Tony Stark because of the money, but I really feel like that element of like the dark criminal underbelly is is very Daredevil, and so it kind of it makes sense why I'm interested in it. Sure. So, but well, I'm gonna eventually read them. I have Man Without Fear sitting there, and then Chris Brown from Comics and More gave me a. full trade of it yeah so. it's uh the frank miller stuff with electra and bullseye so yeah. so that's basically kind of like all what the show is based on right so i really just need to train myself to not be on my phone when i go to bed and yeah read a comic to like pick instead. up a comic yeah. <laughs> that's what i do when i go to bed is I, yes. re- I read two comics and by then i'm sleepy and i'm going to bed I'm you mean sleep. you try to read two comics while i stoned talk to you well, while you're stone talking to me and while the cats are hopping up and getting, you know, in the way because they don't want dad reading. They want dad cuddling. Yes. <laughs> well, for my serotonin boost this week, I want to talk about a game that I got for my birthday on Friday. And that is Atari 50, the collection. Um, I picked it up for the Switch. Um, I had seen back when it came out in like November or December, I had seen it. And I was like, that's a cool idea. And I love collections of old games anyways. I think like four or five of my switch games are collections of like snk games or capcom games or or the turtles collection um and i'd had three different podcasts do episodes on it and say that it was quite possibly the greatest 
classic game collection of all time. And the reason for that is that in addition to having like a hundred old Atari games on there, uh, it's got all of this, it's got this timeline with all of these pictures and instructions and uh, the flyers and the uh, design notes and these videos that you can click on and go through like the whole history of Atari and see, uh, you know, what some of the the people that were programming it, what they thought of the game and, and where, where it started. And like the video parts are the most, are the best parts mm-hmm. of the game. Like I think you were sitting in the room when I was watching the video part about uh, there was two of the higher ups. There was like there were no drugs in the offices at Atari. And then they immediately cut to the guy who made Yards of Rangers. He's like, I smoke pot in the office every day. <laughs> and that was hysterical. <laughs> Honestly, was, the music curation in the background of the things. Yeah, it's great. it's one it's one music track and it plays behind it. And it's kind of like a lo-fi mm-hmm. like kind of, but it it, it definitely soothing. it sets the seventies, early eighties mood mm-hmm. for for what you're doing. The emulation seems pretty spot on for all the games for for the ones that I played. I was just surprised at how intricate the whole thing is. Like I was sitting there and looking at like all the timelines that you're going through and all the different games that are in there and stuff, and it's kind of like a, 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 a historical document yes. within a game. And this also led me to going like, also questioning if you're autistic. <laughs> right. We're both like questioning if we have autism traits. And that is definitely one of them. It's like, I'm going to read ev- and watch every single piece of yeah. this information. So I learned every single thing about the Atari. <laughs> it's it's interesting. One of the podcasts that I listened to, one of the hosts had said that it's like having an interactive uh, history channel yeah. documentary kind of thing. And that's really uh, how it is. There's also new versions of some of the classic games, which are uh, really fun to play around with kind of add because that's the one of the things i i discovered as i was going through some of the classic arcade games is like once you played it once you played it kind yeah. of thing like you could play it more and try and get the high score but like okay i've experienced centipede i know i've, I've seen all everything centipede does and I, if i've got one complaint it's that uh because of the nature of certain games the license uh, there are definitely big games that are missing, like the E.T. game or Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Um, uh, there, there's like a handful of them that I kind of wish were in there and couldn't possibly be because they'd have to get the license to whatever movie it was based on or television show. Uh, but it is absolutely worth the money. I waited until it was like 30 bucks, uh, but I think it was only $40 when it released. And yeah. I was like, that's when games are usually 60 bucks. 40 bucks is, is pretty good. And then I was, but I'd also told myself, it was like, okay, so money's a little tight and Christmas is already come and gone. So if by my birthday, they've dropped the price, then I can have that game. And they did. So, so I got it and uh, very pleased with it. It's been, it's been very fun to re-experience a bunch of stuff from my youth. I love the ads they've gotten there too. Like the old ads from like 79 Mm -hmm. and 1980 about the computers and stuff. It's really, really fun. So how many collections do you have now with that? Because there are multiple games that they've released on the Switch that are collection based. Yeah, that's what I was. I was saying like the Turtles collection. I've got the SNK one. I've got the Sega Genesis collection. There's still like three or four I don't own. Yeah. That uh, either aren't games that I'm super into. Like there's a Street Fighter collection, mm-hmm. and I want it, but I'm not gonna play it. Yeah. Like I just want it for to see what the bonus material in it is. Yeah. Um. But at the same time, like I don't play a lot of Street Fighter Two, and it's got like seven versions of Street Fighter Two. I'm gonna play. <laughs> I'm gonna play all of them once or twice and be like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Kind of thing. Um. I like the Turtles one. That one's probably my favorite. The one. That yeah, that Turtles awesome. one is really, really well done. I think feel like that one Mario 
uh, party one is kind of a collection, but I didn't like that. Yeah, where they just kind of took a couple of the old games and the old levels and put them together. I think the problem is, and we were just talking about this in the last segment, is that our primary exposure to Mario Party was on the Switch. And mm-hmm. the Switch has kind of the waggle controls for some of the stuff. And the Mario Party collection is strictly a controller-based game. And it loses something. Well, that wasn't even that my way. problem with it. It's it's a lot harder. It was a lot harder. For some reason, they like upped the, the level of how difficult it is. Yeah. And it's like the, the stakes are a little bit higher, right. but it's e- harder to achieve with the boards that they have yeah i don't know like super is the super mario party is what it's, it's called? mario party 8 super mario party 8 yeah so that's, that's the, the one, one we that play. i like yeah that's yeah. the one we play all the and time. then the other one was like what all stars uh, yeah mario party collection i think it was called i thought it was like mario party all Stars. well it's because there was super mario all stars it's the one switch collection that i've actually gotten rid right, of because yeah. it was like mario 64 mario galaxy and mario uh uh sunshine and uh never played sunshine never played galaxy sunshine's a fucking nightmare <laughs> um galaxy was seemed cute and fine but like i was i was so furious with sunshine after an hour i was like no i've and never been a big mario 64 guy yeah i feel like mario 64 was then coded and improved to be banjo kazooie to a degree that's what I always felt about mario 64 is it felt like a tech demo it yeah. felt like there wasn't enough there mm-hmm. but you know, at the same time, people love Mario 64. So yeah. I'm in the minority. Mm-hmm. People think Mario 64 is fantastic and, and good form. <laughs> Actually, that was something I wanted to tell you, too. I mm-hmm. looked it up. Uh, there's the little character that has the little kid's voice and says all the depressing oh my God. stuff yeah. in the movie. In, in the Mario movie. That's one of the shines from Mario Sun or not Mario Sunshine, Mario um, Galaxy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that because you were like, what is that from? And I'm like, I don't remember. Yeah, that I'm not going to spoil anything that's about that character, but that character is going to make you laugh. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, a, definitely a standout character in the movie. Well, that's going to do it for this week's really big fan pod. Thank you guys for uh, we do this Wednesday afternoons at 1130 on Twitch, twitch.tv backslash really big fan pod. It's where you can hang out with us when we record these live and hang out in the chat like Hall Gaming 412 and HD Turkey Dogs is done. For this week's show thank you guys so much for joining us this wednesday morning and uh as always you can look forward to the video drop it on thursday night uh on youtube it's also a really big fan pod i'm guessing yep. right yep. and then uh on friday morning we'll be dropping the podcast the audio version of that that will go up on uh spotify uh i think we're still having problems with google and apple podcast but hopefully yeah, those, we'll get those two haven't popped yet we'll get those ironed out in the next week or two but it's on spotify and all your other podcasting uh podbean all your other podcasting things. So make sure you join us there. Make sure you're following us on social media. You can find out whenever we're live on our channel and you can follow along with all the cool videos and stuff that we're posting Yeah, we've there. got extra content that we're posting, things that we're talking about during the stream, yep. um, things that we're talking about when we're gaming itself, some funny clips, uh, major fails and whatnot. Yep. So those are all going to be great. And if you haven't taken a look at our uh, Transformers video yet, that has been popping yeah. pretty well as Optimus Prime sending a message to Chuck. For sure. So 
Go and check it out. And then uh, make sure you're following us on Patreon because if we can get enough of you guys giving us just a little, just a couple of bucks a month, then uh, we can afford to do this. And we're very thankful Wednesday. to everybody that has chipped in so far. Thank yes. you so much. We've, we've already got, I believe, three patrons and we are very, very appreciative. We're going to start uh, trying to figure out what we're going to do for tiers as far as what kind of cool rewards we can give you on Patreon. And uh, so, yeah, follow us over at patreon.com slash really big fan pod. Join us next week for more of the Really Big Fan Podcast. (laughs) Oh my God, did you see this tweet? It says, name a fictional character who would pay for Twitter blue. Okay. Uh, The example that was given was Harry Ellis from Die Hard. Which guy's Harry Ellis? Uh, Hans Bubby. Oh my God! That guy. Yeah, that guy would a hundred percent pay for Twitter Blue. Oh, there's some of these are amazing too. I'm like, I feel like Mayor Dewey popped into my head when I read that. Mayor Dewey from yes. Gar- uh, uh, Mayor- s- uh, Steven Universe. Mayor Dewey from Steven Universe would play for Twitter Blue, and then he'd be upset because somebody else paid for Twitter Blue as Mayor Dewey. With a picture of him, and that someone else would just end up being his son. <laughs> that <laughs> would be him. amazing. Oh my gosh! I feel like God. Who else? Um, let me see. Thinking, thinking, thinking. Oh uh, shit! Oh, you know what? I I did see. I didn't see that tweet. Uh, but I did see somebody did like Coach McGurk from Home Movies. Oh my God, Coach McGurk! Coach is McGurk perfect. is No, I think I saw that one too. Yeah, he he would pay for Twitter. Blue. Coach McGurk would be amazing. I also felt like the kid from um, Spider Man, Flash Thompson. The new Flash Thompson yes. in the Tom Holland movies is a hundred percent that character. And he would be trying to tell everybody he got verified because he was important. Yeah, because he and wrote he'd a be book. faking it. Yeah, he'd yeah. totally be faking it. And then you'd click on his like little blue icon thing, and it would be like subscribe to Twitter blue. <laughs> 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 oh no, here's the Coach McGurk one from uh, is it Andrew Ela? I I don't get it, Coach. You pay eight bucks a month to have a check mark next to your name on an app you don't even like. That check mark proves I'm me, Brendan. <laughs> I think that just proves you're someone with eight dollars. No one else would spend money to be me. All right, that's the gotcha. <laughs> And then everybody's everyone's saying McGurk wouldn't have eight dollars a month to spend is correct. Clearly, the plot of this fake episode would involve him trying to grift everyone into sponsoring his account. <laughs> yeah, that tracks. So he said counterpoint: Coach McGurk would be complaining to Brendan about not being able to afford the eight dollars a month to get a check mark. <laughs> This one says, oh, really? Let's see. I have $8. No, Brendan, what are you doing? <laughs> Paying for a check mark. Brendan, stop that. Come on. Now I just need to change my name to John McGurk. Seriously, stop. <laughs> Takes a picture of the coach. Uploading it now. You can't steal my life. <laughs> it's yes, about it's- principles, Brendan. Authenticity. You wouldn't understand that because you're just a kid. It's not your fault, though, because society has conditioned you to mold yourself under other people's expectations. Mm-hmm. You ever hear that guy, Andrew Tate? (laughs) Oh, no. So the funny thing is, is that everyone that's writing these, like, 
you only watch like two episodes of home movies, but I'm sure you can hear those voices. Oh, absolutely. No, I hear the voices. Because of the way home movies is, is set up. And that's why Mayor Dewey is perfect for it as well, because Mayor Dewey would be furious that somebody is tweeting irresponsible things as him. And he'd be like, it is a danger because people are going to believe you're saying these. It's me saying these things when I'm not. You're going to you're going to cause Beach City chaos kind of thing. And then his son is just like, yeah, it's cool, man. His, his son would not be doing anything chaotic, though. Like, like I feel like if you're going to plan anybody to be chaotically tweeting something, it would be Onion. But I don't even know if Onion knows how to speak. Onion has made millions of dollars in NFTs. <laughs> Onion is stealing people's Onion's... NFT wallets. Yeah, well, I didn't say he was creating them. I mean, eventually, <laughs> he creates them, and then people will buy them anyway. So he made... But he's made millions of dollars in NFTs. He probably, he's got Twitter blue. Yeah, for sure. He he has millions of dollars in NFTs that he's uh, converted into V-Bucks for uh, Fortnite. Oh, God. <laughs> With all of him and his chaotic friends. Yeah, exactly. Like, he just converted a bunch of stuff to V-Bucks and uh, is, is going to own every Fortnite skin for the next 10 years. <laughs> Onion, you're a menace. 